Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to have you in church tonight. Turn around and say hi to, like, everybody you see, all right? So just say, hey, 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 high five all around. There you go. Well, it is good to have you. A um, couple quick announcements before we get into worship tonight. Uh, first off, it is youth hangout. So as soon as we're done with worship, uh, youth 5th through 12th grade can follow Chamberlain. And also, uh, kids' church is happening, as always. So as soon as worship's over, kids' church can go with with Margot, and she is so excited about being there with the kids tonight. A uh, couple other quick things is don't forget, this Sunday right after church is our church picnic. So as soon as church is over, we're heading over to the Abana Park and having a picnic. So bring some food to share, some desserts and things like that. It'll be a good time to play volleyball and all that other stuff that is over there. So we're excited about that. And just so you know, this Sunday is also one big family Sunday. So our kids are in with us for the whole service. They participate in the service. They help me read the verses and all that kind of stuff. It's a wonderful Sunday since we're a multi-generation church. There's times we just love to be together as a whole family for church. So that's this Sunday, just so you're aware of that. Also, uh, starting on Monday, don't forget it's Serve Week. So Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. Each night we're going to be out in the community doing uh, some serving in our area. So if you're interested in that, there's sign-up sheets in the back. And each night, again, there's going to be a different thing that we're out there doing. So sign-up sheets are at the back. If you have questions, let me know. And I'm excited to get outside of the church. And we need to do that. Amen? Church isn't just coming here, but it's coming here, then going out. And that, that's the purpose of the church. Uh, also, don't forget, we're collecting school supplies for all of the kids in our church. So if you want to help bless uh, our students that are headed back into the school year within the next month, believe it or not, uh, there is a list of what they need back at the back. You can take a picture of it and head out to Walmart or wherever, buy stuff, bring it here and throw it in that crate back there. And, and when it comes time for school, we'll distribute it to all the kids in the church and bless those families. Amen. Uh, one other quick announcement, uh, but sort of a, a bittersweet announcement. Uh, Terry Reisner, who uh, somebody who's frequented our church, is also Judah's father, uh, passed away on Monday. And the memorial for Terry is Friday night at 6 o'clock right here. So if you want to come out and celebrate his life and honor him, you're certainly welcome to come and be a part of that. As we know, uh, in these moments, it's bittersweet. In one sense, it's the, the morning of the loss. But in other sense, well done, good and faithful servant. The reward has been gained. Amen? So come on out Friday night and let's celebrate him. Okay? How about that? So everybody stand up on your feet. Let's get ready to worship Jesus together for a few moments. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything, let everything that has breath, that has breath. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'll praise you in the valley. Praise on the mountain. I'm breathing. 
piece of our fate in the silence where we wait. You are here, you're enough, you're all too Father, we want what you want for us. Whatever that looks like, no matter what it feels like, God, that's what we want. We want what you want for us, Lord. Well, you are just altogether good. No matter our circumstances, the trials father you are just you're always good every time we trust you lord we love you lord you are our increase father that we would just give you our all, Father, every single time. No matter what comes our way, God, we just give you control. We love you, Lord. You are all together good. so good. He's just so, so good. He's so good. Hallelujah. Well, kids, you're dismissed. Youth, you're also dismissed. And if you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith tonight, we're so glad to have you with us.
right, David. We'll be up here or down there. Amen. We'll give them a chance to get all the kids checked in downstairs in kids' church and, and all of that business. Well, hey, it's good to have everybody tonight on a, on a Wednesday, a good Wednesday, a hot Wednesday. I'm supposed to get a little hotter, I guess. Live streamers, by the way, wherever you're watching from, it's good to have you on Facebook, YouTube, and all that stuff. Um, well, it's time for tithing offerings, so if you have uh, giving tonight, there's offering envelopes in the chairs in front of you. If not, uh, wave your hand around, and one of the ushers will uh, get one out to you. Uh, we appreciate your giving. And by the way, when we give, it's an extension of our worship. The Bible says the tithe is holy unto him. And as we give, it, it is a worship, a response to the absolute goodness in God. As, this, as the song was saying, he is altogether good. How many know that? It's, it's one thing to believe it, but it's another thing then to actually experience it in your life. Amen. And he is good. And in so many different ways I could recount the goodness of God in my life. And a lot of different ways, including in the provision that he is always putting in front of you. Again, I know we say this a lot, but just remember, God made all things that man needed before he made man. Isn't that right? Once he made everything he needed, then he put him on the earth. Why, provision is always in front of you. And as we pray, and, we, and Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. The provision for today is there. Why? Because he is good. And then we live in that provision. All things come from him. You work hard, but provision comes from him anyhow. Because he is before us in all things. So as you give tonight, it's a response to the goodness of God, the provision of God. And we are living by faith because we have determined that he is our God and money is not. And every time you give in the church or you give out of the church and you live a life of generosity, you are one way putting your foot on the world saying, I will not live as the world lives. In other words, that money is a God, or I will not live by greed, but I live in a generosity that I'm being taught because I'm being taught to be a giver. And my trust in him allows me to be generous. Amen? So as you give tonight, it's a life of faith, and, and that's what the Christian life is all about. So let me, let me pray over it, and if you have something to give, you can bring it down tonight. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to give, Lord. You, you are so good. And Lord, even in times of life when it seems like it's a struggle, you still provide. That's who you are. And you always see us through, and we thank you for that. So Lord, as we give tonight, it's, it's a testimony to your goodness and your faithfulness and the provision that you bring before us. And we thank you for that in all circumstances. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. So bring it on down. Um, and as you, as you bring it tonight, again, reminder, Serve Week. I'm so excited about that, so make sure uh, that you're signing up and, and you're a part of that. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get two things real quick tonight. So I have asked uh, Tori McNeely to share the word tonight. And um, every now and then, I like to sit and listen. I like to allow other people to bring the word. So uh, a little bit ago, I asked Tori to come bring the word tonight. Now, I will say this. It's your very first time. But I'm not worried about it, because she's going to do an amazing job. She's got a word on her heart. So uh, I'm just going to turn her loose. So Tori, come on down. Let's give her a hand tonight as she comes to share the word. Hello. All right, so I'm going to attempt this without my voice cracking too much, because, whew, this has been a little bit nerve-wracking. But first of all, thank you for allowing me this opportunity to do this, and I I'd like to thank my dad and Jeannie from coming all the way from Florida. Um, so if you have any complaints about me, he taught me everything, so you just take that to him after service. <laughs> my husband, of course, who is my biggest encourager. And Don, actually, I've been cleaning for him for three years, and he's become a third grandpa to my boys and second dad to me, so he's here also. Um, okay, so I feel like the Lord put on my heart about, well, it's very important. It says in his word about forgiving others, and it's um, a lot easier said than done. So I, would, I just want to start with reading the scripture that in 2015 I 
gave my life to the Lord, started reading the Bible, and wanted to do everything that he wanted me to do. When I read this, it kind of rocked me a little bit. <laughs> um, so if you go to Matthew 6, and it's verse, verses 9, it starts in verse 9. Um, this is when the disciples asked him to teach them how to pray, and he said in this manner, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I didn't go any further, because that was very hard, yes. Because, you know, you want to be pleasing to the Lord, and so I'm going to take you on my journey of forgiveness, okay? I'm going to start from the very beginning, so just bear with me, okay? This is... I'm being very vulnerable in this. Some of the women know a little bit of my past, but not all of you do. So um, I started babysitting at a very young age. I actually was 11 when I started babysitting. And by the time I was 13, I was pretty good at it. People started trusting me with their kids more and more. <laughs> so um, my uncle, who actually is my cousin, but the way that he was raised was as my uncle, my dad's brother, um, asked me to come babysit. He had a little baby that him and his girlfriend had had. And I had to stay the night there that night because they were going out and they wouldn't be home till late. Sorry, I'm like out of breath already. <laughs> um, so anyways, I babysat and they came home and we're drinking and everything, and they actually got into an argument. And I remember just laying, I had like made a sleeping bag on the living room floor, because it was just a one bedroom house. And I was trying to fall asleep, but they were yelling in the room. Um, and he came out, and he did things that you should never do to anybody against their will. I'll just leave it at that. And I remember just, thinking, I just, his girlfriend's name was Lisa. I just remember thinking, I just hope she comes out of the room. Um, I was kind of, I was in shock, obviously, so I didn't say anything. I just, I was in shock. I didn't really leave. <laughs> um, the next day I went home and I wanted so badly to tell everybody because I knew what he did was wrong, even at a young age. Um, but I didn't want to lose my dad because I knew that if he knew that he would probably kill him and end up in prison. And so that really stopped me from telling anybody. And uh, we're a very close-knit family, so holidays, birthdays, just family events in general, he was always there, you know? And it was really hard to be around him. And you know, he acted like nothing ever happened. Um, so yeah, I kept it a secret, and by the time I was 17, I was ready to just run. I came to the, a point in my life where I just didn't care anymore, and um, what he really took from me was much more than just my innocence. He took a large piece of me, and he took the way that I seen sex, the way that I seen men, all of that, he just, he changed all of that. So when I turned 17, I moved in with my mom and she let me do whatever I wanted, which not a good thing. Um, I was wild, I, my dad was very strict growing up, so <laughs> I kinda, I rebelled a lot. And I chased after trying to numb what was going on inside, drugs, alcohol, all of the things. When really what I needed was um, so by this time I was 17, yeah, so then the long line of years of partying and doing all the things that I shouldn't have done, um, my husband, now husband, and I moved up here in 2015, and like I said, we gave our lives to the Lord, and when I read this, I really wanted to forgive him. I really, I thought that if said it enough that it would come true. Um, 
So I said it a lot, and I still didn't tell my dad by this point. Um, well, he knows now. He's not finding this out right now. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to, and I said it a lot. I was like, I forgive. And I did tell my husband about this. He was the only one that knew at first. And he prayed with me about it. And we, I thought that I had done, you know, given it to God. But it wasn't until the little boy that I babysat back then. He was actually in a car accident couple years ago, I think it was, um, and he passed away. He was in his early 20s. And my dad called me to tell me, and I was very sad that, you know, I, that he passed away. And he said, pray for your uncle. And I didn't say it to him, but to myself, I said, no, I don't want to. He deserves this. You know, I, and I hated being that person. I hated that I still had that inside. So I had to take a hard look at myself and, and really dig deep and find a way to forgive somebody who never even acknowledged that they did anything wrong. You know, that's, that's hard. It's hard to forgive somebody when they do apologize. <laughs> it's even harder when they don't acknowledge it. And, um... So I started by telling my dad and asked him, please don't kill him, you know, because I still had that mentality, that young child's mentality of my dad's going to kill him, you know. Um, so actually, I think this message is a little bit for you, too, about forgiving. <laughs> um, so anyways... Part of recovery, when you go to recovery things, is writing letters, right? You write letters to those who have hurt you or that you've done something to. You ask them forgiveness. And, you know, over the course of since 2015, I have written letters to my sisters, my brother. I've called my dad and my stepmom and apologized for things that I did as an adolescent, you know, because it was tough. <laughs> um, but... My dad has su had suggested you should write him a letter. And I said, mm, I don't think so. Mm -mm, no, it would be better if I, you know, like out of sight, out of mind. It would be so much better if I just never thought about it again or just pretended like he didn't exist, you know? Um, so, but I told him that I would pray about it. And I did, I ended up writing him a letter. And I didn't know what I was gonna say definitely prayed before I did it because I knew I couldn't do it out of my own ability. It just, it would have never happened. Um, so I asked God to just, you know, give me the words. What do you want me to say to him? And so I wrote him a letter, told him exactly what he did to me as a young girl, everything that he stole from me, how it affected my life, how it still affects, you know, it still affects you. You don't get those pieces back. Um, and at the very end, I told him that, because ultimately Jesus opened my eyes to, he needs Jesus just as much as I need Jesus. And just because I've never done anything like that doesn't mean my sin was any less than his sin, which is a really hard truth, you know? So at the end of the letter, I told him that, I forgive you, and if you ask the Lord for forgiveness, he will forgive you too. And I actually sent it to my dad to give to him, not in person, because, <laughs> but um, he read the letter. He never responded, which, I mean, I'm okay with that. He has to live with his choices. Um, so I think now I can stand here and say, that I have forgiven him. And, you know, you don't get those pieces back. I was just convicted when I said that. But God takes all of our broken pieces, and he puts them back together. And actually, it reminds me of, so you guys remember Joseph in the coat of many colors, right? He had a pretty messed up life, too. He had, his brothers threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. And he was thrown in prison. And he was, when Potiphar bought him, 
he was, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. You know, there, he went through a lot too. And then his brothers, when there was a famine, um, was met with him again. And he had to face when their father died. I'm sorry, I'm going to Genesis 50. Um, when their father died, actually they lied and said that their father wrote a letter asking them to forgive him or him to forgive them. But I love this when I came across it. I was like, this is exactly what God does. Um, it's Genesis 50, 15. Actually, I'm going to jump to 19. All right. So this is after the brothers told him about the letter from their dad. And he said, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. That's so good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people. That's what he does. He takes our broken pieces. He puts them all back together. He makes you even more whole than you ever were before. And he uses it to help others. So I, that was probably really short. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, I just wanted to say that to remain unforgiving shows we don't understand that we ourselves need forgiveness. And that was one thing that I had to face was he needs it just like I do. You know? And if I don't forgive, that's, that's hard. If I don't forgive, then I won't be forgiven. It's easy to give, like, accept forgiveness, right? It's easy when somebody's like, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. It's easy to be like, I forgive you. But there's hard things, very hard things that we have to forgive. And I know that I'm not the only person that has ever had to forgive something hard, like really hard, not just, you know, somebody called me a name and they for asked for forgiveness. You know, this is like deep waters. And... And we all need forgiveness. We're all on a level playing field. And also, unforgiveness, I didn't realize that when the whole entire time that I was holding on to this unforgiveness and this secret, I was in a prison. And the only way out of that prison, even when Jesus saved me, even when he gave me salvation, he set me free. But then I went back into the prison of unforgiveness, you know, and I just stayed there comfortably. Like, it's okay. Um, so... We have to unlock ourselves out of that prison, and unforgiveness is the only way. And it really unlocks God being able to, like, to really work in our lives. We hold ourselves back when we have unforgiveness, because he clearly says that we have to forgive in order to be forgiven. So I think that's it. I'm sorry if that was too short. <laughs> so I would just encourage you that if you are holding on to unforgiveness, if there's things that have happened to you that, I mean, messed up things, there's messed up things that... To happen and you can't just brush it under the rug or say you know forgive like oh I forgive that person I forgive that person it really is a work on the inside of you it really is hard it is so hard but Jesus is the way and Jesus helps us and I'm just so grateful for the Lord that he brought me out of all that and that he's our comforter through all that so thank you for listening to my story <laughs> Sure.